Ladies and gentlemen, class is in session. Welcome to the Culture Connoisseur, where we're going to teach a master class of epic proportions about real, uncut business practices. And this is going to come from people who are real business owners, like, you know, podcast creators like myself, coaches, and other entrepreneurs. And they're going to give you the real, and they're going to shed some light on how to be successful and shed some light on their failures too. Because oftentimes we want you to be successful, but we give you no blueprint of how to do it. So strap in, get cuddled up with a pen or pad, and get ready for the podcast that's going to blow your mind. Without further ado, our motto, everybody can eat, B. What's going on, everybody? It is the Culture Connoisseur, Episode 6. Uh, football. Football. We're talking about football right now. Uh, so, as everybody knows, uh, the season has started for college football and for the NFL. And we've noticed a couple of things so far. So, if we're not, you know, before, without further ado, we're just going to get into it. All right. So, my first first big take for today. Um, first big takeaway is uh, I am in Philly, so I'm going to start with the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles took a loss to a very lackluster team yesterday. It looked bad, it smelled bad, and it was just bad all the way around. Um, they lost a lot of guys, lost a lot of bodies. So with that being the case, uh, Carson Wentz took a lot of hits. He's also being basically said that he's the reason for the loss um, they were up about 17 points when I started watching it, and then that all went to crap. So a couple of takes takeaways from that game um, as far as um, Carson Wentz goes. Um, we all kind of know he's been injury-prone in the past. Uh, he got sacked, I think, eight times yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, seven or eight times. Um, and to be completely honest, I don't see it getting any better uh, next week for him. He's probably going to get hit a lot unless they figure out something to do with the offensive line. That's not his fault. The picks are his fault, of course, because um, he's being charged, and he's the team leader. They're paying him a lot of money to go out here and make plays, and for whatever reason, he's not doing that. Um, I know a lot of people say, well, you give him a hard time, and I do give Carson Wentz a hard time, but I give him a hard time because of what they've said about him, the type of player he's supposed to be. So I've given him a hard time. I've been very trivial and very critical of Carson Wentz at times, and even so, more so now. And I think that the Eagles are kind of critical on him as well because if you look at their draft, they actually dra- went out and drafted Jalen Hurts. And we've always we've all kind of alluded to the fact that Jalen Hurts might have been used as a decoy or whatnot. But I think really, in all honesty, it's to do has something to do with his durability. Um, his durability has been very down throughout the years. He's been hurt a lot. And some might even say that they need to have a backup plan or insurance policy on him in case he doesn't end up panning out for the season. Um, I do think they're going to have to get somebody in there that can run if they continue with the same offensive line that the Eagles have. They're going to have to get somebody in there that can move a little better. Um, I think Jalen Hurts is that guy. We also know that Jalen Hurts can throw because when he was at Oklahoma, he did a great job working on his passing and accuracy. Um, so that might not be a bad look for Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's got Rhaegar. 
Rhaegar was a bad pick, I thought, at the first, but now kind of coming to my senses on the Rhaegar pick. That might not have been a bad pick. He do has some wheels on him. He can really go. Um, I think that's about it that I got. They got Goddard. Goddard did pretty decent. But other than that, you know, they just kind of gave that game away. Uh, and their defensive line was, was was really stifling. They really couldn't get nothing going at, in the second half. So kudos to them. And the Eagles, you get an F for this week. Uh, moving forward, Tom Brady takes on Drew Brees. All right, so he goes down there to take on Drew Brees. And to be honest, man, Drew Brees won this battle. But the cool thing about this is it's week one. And the reason that I say it's week one for Tom Brady is we've seen Tom Brady get slow starts in the past. We've seen him come out and lose games he's not supposed to lose. We've seen him also struggle. And this is his first time learning the offense in the last 20 years. And honestly, if you look towards the end of that game, they were actually starting to move the ball a lot better um, in the second half of that game. Uh, Gronk, he struggled, of course. Uh, He really didn't do much of anything. He looked really slow, um, a lot slower than he looked before he retired. And he just looked like the leaser of the three uh, tight ends that they have. And that's saying a whole lot because that's got O.J. Howard and uh, I'm pretty sure Bright, Bright, something like that, is the other tight end. And they actually did really, really well. Um, so I see going forward for them. And I, I'm not going to take nothing from Drew Brees. Drew Brees played a pretty much, um, pretty much a flawless game for the most part. Um, and they also have Alvin Kamara. So that's a big deal when you're just dumping the ball off and he's doing the rest. So kudos to those guys. Michael Thomas was actually held to only a couple catches for those of y'all who watched the game. So uh, that's pretty good. And Mike Evans also the same thing. Mike Evans didn't really do much either. I mean, he had a touchdown for those fantasy guys, but um, he really didn't. He was seemingly like not really much of the game. He got a couple pass interference calls his way so that kind of helped the team but other than that he was pretty much non-existent until that touchdown uh so uh a couple things we're gonna put out about college football real quick i mean we're gonna know like so i have an issue so today i woke up and my timeline was blowed up with like all these eagles fans and cowboys fans laughing at each other for losing and me personally, I don't get involved in the cowboy eagles drama because to me honestly they both are trash but and if you don't think that they're trash, you need to look at each other. Like, I don't, it's like the pot calling the kettle black. If you're an Eagles fan, you shouldn't be making fun of Cowboys fans because you're going through the same exact thing that the Cowboys are going through. It looks like terrible decision making, whether it be the coach or the players or just complete like idiots just running around. So, if you're Eagles or Cowboys fans, do me a favor stop talking trash to each other because neither one of you are good. And that says a lot coming from me because I am a Steelers fan. And I don't know how this season is going to go for us. So I could be in the same boat with you tonight or tomorrow or whatever the case may be. But right now, I am telling you, stop talking trash about each fan base because you guys have nothing to cheer about. Between the two of y'all, y'all have nothing to talk good about. The championships were a long time ago for the Cowboys. And it looks like it's going to be a long time for the Eagles. So just leave each other alone. Suffer through your seasons like you guys are suffering through them and do it in silence. Suffer in silence, please. Uh, next big thing. So college football started for those of y'all who are college avid college football fans. Uh, the ACC started kind of everything off for the big power five um, conferences. Miami looked decent. Uh, Florida State. Florida State and Clemson looked like Clemson was supposed to look. Uh, we've had a couple people um, in the inbox, a couple Clemson fans saying that we didn't look as sharp as we needed to look. 
Um, Dabo played around 67 players on Saturday. So for you guys who are Clemson fans and who are worried about um, who are worried about maybe you know Clemson not looking as good as they normally have looked in the past or how they should look. We we dealing with a like we're in a like a, a weird year and you don't need to be worried about that. You're playing a lot of players. There's a lot of a lot of talent that's being put in and out. Um, I actually was very very um, so three players that like really stood out to me. Of course Trevor Lawrence. So he's not a part of this, but he stood out. He played a great game. Uh, no errors, no problem. Uh, but another thing that stood out to me is how many actual backs Clemson has, um, opposed to Etienne. Uh, they got uh, Bowman. Uh, he's a fre- true freshman. They got another kid. Uh, they got so many kids. They got the senior kid. He's he's decent too. But they actually the guy that I really liked the most. He didn't play was uh, Lynn J. Dixon. He didn't get to play this week. He's had, dealing with injuries, so he didn't play. But he's a he's a he's a killer. So you guys be on the lookout for the rest of the season for Lynn J. When he comes back, he's gonna be a beast. Um, the next guy was the breezy guy. I was very, very intrigued in seeing how big the kid really was on the field and how big he looked because he looked like a monster in high school. Um, him against other college players, man, he still was dominating. I mean, he wasn't as dominant as, you know, he would say, but they didn't really run the ball up the middle um, on them very much. You can thank him and Tyler Davis, and I hope Tyler Davis is okay going forward because he is a cornerstone and he's still a young guy. He's only a sophomore, true sophomore at that. These guys have a really young a really young front, and they can really get pressure on these guys. K.J. Henry was the the third and last play I'm going to mention. K.J. Henry had a big sack. I don't know if it was because he was at home because he's from uh, the Wake Forest area or the Winston-Salem area. So big ups to him as well. So, man, Clemson looked like they took, took care of business as usual. I'm really interested to see how Miami will look later on in the season. They do have a, a quarterback now. They got a guy that you know, might be able to do some work. He might be a problem later on in the season. Um, Notre Dame was Notre Dame, I guess. Uh, and, you know, we still haven't seen uh, Georgia, Alabama, or none of the SEC guys yet. Florida. We haven't seen these guys play it. So we don't have a whole lot to, like, base it off of. But as far as what I see from ACC, ACC looked to about how I thought it was going to look. Um, Duke. Uh, Duke looked okay, you know. North Carolina looked, you know, they looked really good, I guess. To an extent, like I didn't really watch the North Carolina game. I, I'm not really that great. I'm, I'm really glad that Bryce is at Duke, though. I liked him um, from Clemson, and um, I think that the Justin Howard kid is a is a is a good guy. So I'm sure that at the end of the day, they'll be they'll be in the mix at the end to try to take on Clemson. But I think everybody's playing for second at this point in the ACC, even Notre Dame. Um, they all just going for second, and hopefully, maybe second is good enough to get into the playoff. Um. I think that's all I have for them. Oh, so last thing. So I wanted to put this out here because this is a quick episode about college football in general and how it's going to probably look going forward. So we know we heard that the Big Ten is actually now reevaluating if they're going to have their season starting in October. Um, I think that this not only is on the heels of, you know, them realizing that the football season is going to go on without them and they're not going to be uh, in the mix. But I think this is on the heels of something very, very big uh, going forward. Um, the Big Ten and some of these other conferences are not who they think they are in the, in the bigger scheme of college football. And they think they're these big powerhouses and they, they run all this stuff. But really, in all honesty, 
who's really running the football league right now for the, for colleges, the ACC and the SEC. And if they're deciding they're going to play, the rest of the season is going to go on. And it's going to go on like they're not existing. And I think they realize that. And they're realizing that they need to go and either get be a part of this or there's no place for those second place or none of that stuff. Um, so I think the starting in October is the latest they can start to actually be around around the time that they're going to do the national championship game in the playoffs. So I think this was gonna this was coming down the pipeline for a while. I've been telling my friends that are Ohio State, Michigan, and uh, Penn State fans this was coming down for a while. Um, and just kind of just keep your mind ready because they're gonna have to do something or they're gonna get completely forgotten, and it's gonna hurt them for recruiting. Um, if you know you're going up against Clemson and Alabama and Florida and Georgia, and you're trying to get these top recruits, and you're not playing when the season starts. You know, they're going to go to start going to North Carolina. They're going to go to play with Mac Brown. They're going to go to Dabo. They're going to go to, you know, Tuscaloosa. They're going to go to Georgia. They're going to go to these places that are playing right now because they know that they take football seriously. Um, it's been seen in the last few uh, college football playoffs that the South is actually running all these college football playoffs. When you throw Oregon in there, they get demolished. When you throw Ohio State in there, if they run into Clemson, they're getting beat. So, if you know, if you put in these teams – that are from the south, and you don't, you don't, uh, and they don't have the same type of seriousness that it comes to football. They get exposed very, very easily. Oklahoma, same thing. Oklahoma's playing, I think, next week, or they played this week or something. Um, I didn't pay attention. I should have. You know, I should have. I should have paid attention, but I, but I didn't. I'm not gonna pay attention until Oklahoma plays Texas, and then we'll see what they got. Uh, I'm not really sold on the Rattler kid. I saw him on QB one. He looked to be trash then. So I mean. I don't put when they get up against these SEC defenses and stuff like that. We'll see how they play for real. But Oklahoma's always it's a lot of smoke and mirrors, a lot of offense, no defense. Um, and another thing, man, Louisiana went and took out Iowa State. Man, that was a big win. I mean, not Iowa is it Iowa? Might have been Iowa. I don't know how you said it. It's one of the states. So just you look it up. It's one of the biggest upsets that that was going. Uh, the Raging Cajuns. So shout out to them for picking up that dub against those guys. And um. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it for this episode. I wanted to um, just throw this out there really quick before we get off um, off today. Um, as football season and stuff goes on, and you guys see more and more of the games, and you start to see more of the kind of the, the picture, playoff picture start coming more into shape, be mindful that these games now matter because there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of out-of-conference games. So games that you would see them normally being able to pick up more wins to get into the playoff or get into a bowl, they won't have those this year. So these games matter. Um, they're going to start taking them more serious. And as you can see, this week, if you go out here and get beat by one of these poop butts, it could pretty much ruin your season. Um, I think at the time, I think Iowa was actually ranked. Iowa State was actually ranked in the top 25. So we should see that reflected in the AP poll. Um, and if it hasn't already been ref reflected, and uh, right now, they don't have any of your Big Ten, Big Pac-12 teams in the top 25. As far as what I looked at so far, they might have added them or whatever. But that's also going to affect going forward when they start playing if they are going to put them into the top 25, um, which will you know later on affect the playoff committee when they decide to do their voting and if they're going to actually put those guys in there to be counted as a part of the uh, college football playoff, knowing that they're behind in the, uh, the scheduling and whatnot. Um, we've kind of toyed around with a couple of ideas, me and my friends, 
of like scenarios that could possibly happen, which you have um, the ACC champion, which will probably be Clemson, and then you have the SEC champion, which could be, you know, I haven't seen Alabama or heard anything from Georgia, so I don't know how those two teams are going to look, or even LSU. I haven't heard a whole lot. I guess they've been holding everything kind of close to the to the hip, but we don't know how those teams are going to look. So that way, how we've been having in the past, we've been having two SEC teams. But I honestly think in my heart of hearts that North Carolina, if they play that play Clemson close enough in the ACC championship game and lose, they might actually have a bid to get into this thing because they normally give it to Oklahoma. But I mean, I don't really think Oklahoma is that great. Again, like like I said, I didn't watch the game yet, so don't. You know, don't shoot me. I haven't watched the game yet. I haven't watched them. I'll go back and look. But um, I just don't see them being able to continue to put Oklahoma in and they keep losing. Um, They're not even getting to the national championship game. They're just losing in the semis every year. So I foresee them maybe going a different route. If Howell plays good enough for North Carolina, they might have a shot in getting into the college playoff. If they play Clemson close enough in the uh, ACC championship game to get in, uh, and that's contingent on if the Big Ten does decide to come back in or not. Because I'm pretty sure that Ohio State's going to take that spot for the Big Ten. And, you know, you know, if something doesn't happen and, you know, Penn State finally does beat them or Michigan, which I don't see either one of those teams beating them, um, they, they get in. Um, I think they get in. And I think if that last spot maybe, depending on what's happening, maybe Oklahoma steals that spot. But I think this may be the year – where either the SEC continues to have two teams or the ACC gets two teams, depending on how good North Carolina is at the end of everything. Or if Miami, for that matter. Right? We don't know how that's going to end up rolling with Miami and how that's going to play out. Um, I did have a question for somebody. I saw something for on Miami's page about Tate Martell taking time off to deal with like family issues or something. And for you guys, y'all who keep up Miami football, Tate Martell was like, supposed to come in and take the spot uh, for a quarterback. And then subsequently he lost his job to Kosey Perry. And then he ended up, now he's a receiver, but now he's taking time off. So if anybody has any more information, they can clue me in. Maybe they're a Miami fan. They know what's going on. Can clue me in on what's going on um, in Miami with uh, Tate Martell. That'd be great. I would make another video about it later on. Um, I did keep up with him because he was on the show, like we said, QB1 or whatever. So, yeah, anything else? Any comments, questions, concerns, moms, groans, complaints? Nothing? All right, well, until next time, guys, deuces.